Many of my younger and some of my mature years were passed on the borders of Windsor Forest. I was early given to long walks and rural explorations, and there was scarcely a spot of the park or the forest with which I was not intimately acquainted. There were two very different scenes to which I was especially attached, Virginia Water and a dell near Winkfield Plain. The bank of Virginia Water, which the public enter from the Wheatsheaf Inn, is bordered between the cascade to the left and the iron gates to the right by groves of trees which, with the exception of a few old ones near the water, have grown up within my memory. They were planted by George III and the entire space was called King's Plantation. Perhaps they were more beautiful in an earlier stage than they are now, or I may so think and feel through the general preference of the past to the present, which seems inseparable from old age. In my first acquaintance with the place, and for some years subsequently, sitting in the large upper room of the inn, I could look on the cascade and the expanse of the lake, which have long been masked by trees. Virginia Water was always open to the public, through the Wheatsheaf Inn, except during the Regency and reign of George IV, who not only shut up the grounds, but enclosed them where they were open to a road with higher fences than even outside passengers of stagecoaches could look over, that he might be invisible in his punt while fishing on the lake. William IV lowered the fences and reopened the old access. While George III was king, Virginia Water was a very solitary place. I have been there day after day without seeing another visitor. Now it has many visitors. It is a source of great enjoyment to many, though no longer suitable to les rêveries d'un promeneur solitaire. A still more solitary spot, which had a special charms for me, was the deep forest dell already mentioned on the borders of Winkfield Plain. This dell, I think, had the name of the Bourne, but I always called it the Dingle. In the bottom was a watercourse, which was a stream only in times of continuous rain. Old trees clothed it on both sides to the summit, and it was a favourite resort of deer. I was a witness of their banishment from their forest haunts. The dell itself remained some time unchanged, but I have not seen it since 1815 when I frequently visited it in company with Shelley during his residence at Bishopsgate on the eastern side of the park. I do not know what changes it may since have undergone. Not much, perhaps, being now a portion of the park. But many portions of the park and its vicinity, as well as of the immediate neighbourhood of Windsor, which were then open to the public, have ceased to be so, and such may be the case with this. I have never ventured to ascertain the point. In all the portions of the old forest, which were distributed in private allotments, I know what to expect. I shrink from the ghosts of my old associations in scenery, and never, if I can help it, revisit an enclosed locality with which I have been familiar in its openness. Wordsworth would not visit Yarrow, because he feared to disappoint his imagination. Be Yarrow stream unseen, unknown. It must, or we shall rue it. We have a vision of our own. Ah, why should we undo it? The treasured dreams of times long past, we'll keep them, winsome marrow. For when we're there, although tis fair, twill be another Yarrow. Yarrow unvisited. Yet, when he afterwards visited it, though it was not what he had dreamed, he still found it beautiful and rejoiced in having seen it. The vapours linger round the heights, they melt and soon must vanish. One hour is theirs, nor more is mine, sad thought which I would banish. But that I know, where'er I go, 
thy genuine image, Yarrow, will dwell with me to heighten joy and cheer my mind in sorrow. Yarrow visited. He found compensation in the reality for the difference of imagined scene, but there is no such compensation for the disappointments of memory, and where, in the place of scenes of youth, where we have wandered under antique trees, through groves and glades, through bushes and underwood, among fern and foxglove and bounding deer, where, perhaps, every minutest circumstance of place has been not only as a friend in itself, but has recalled some association of early friendship or youthful love, we can only pass between high fences and dusty roads.